We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. The book of Hebrews chapter 7. I'm going to be reading from verse 4 to verse 10. This is what the Word of God says. Hebrews 7, verse 4. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek <coughs> met him. <coughs> now I know this is a very easy portion of scripture to understand, right? But that's why we're here, to make it easier. We began last week talking in this seventh chapter of Hebrews about the Lord's priesthood, the Lord's order is according to the order of Melchizedek. And we explained who Melchizedek was, king of Salem, king of righteousness, and king of peace, priest of the Most High God, a very mysterious character in the Old Testament. He's mentioned only in Genesis and in Psalm 110, Genesis 14, three verses in Genesis 14, and then one verse in Psalm 110, verse 4. And he's mentioned nowhere else in the Old Testament until we arrive at the New Testament, and here in the book of Hebrews, he's mentioned several times. Now, Christ is the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, and we said last week that um, the writer compares the, uh, or, or, yeah, he compares um, Melchizedek orders to that order to that of Aaron or the Levite, the, the, the Levite order, the, the order of the Levites, and he does it in three ways. First of all, comparing Melchizedek to Jesus, okay? Comparing Melchizedek and Jesus, and we said that uh, the writer mentions six similarities between him and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, six similarities, and we already mentioned those. You have them in your notes, so there's no need to go over them again. Now, the second is compare, he compares the order of Melchizedek to the order of Aaron. Aaron was the first priest of Israel, okay? And we know he was from the tribe of Levi, and all the priests were from the tribe of Levi. So we see here that, as we saw earlier, the priesthood of Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek, 
making it superior to the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood. And the second comparison is between these two orders or these two priesthoods, the priesthood of Melchizedek and the priesthood of Aaron or the Levites, okay? Now, in order to show uh, this superiority, the writer begins with, now consider how great this man was, he says. The Greek word for consider actually means contemplate continually with insight and discernment. It doesn't mean just, well, let me consider this. No, it's, it, it, it's talking about contemplating something con continually, constantly with insight and discernment to be able to understand what it's saying, giving the idea of looking at something with interest and for a purpose. It is the careful observation of details. And do you know what? I've been studying the Bible for almost 47 years. And I learned something this morning. Just from reading the good seed. How many of you have the good seed? Are you reading it? If you don't have it, I mean, if you, don't, if, if you don't have it, there's back there, we have, still have more days of praise. Now, don't just take it and take it home and drop it. Read it. Because you can always learn. And this morning, I learned something where the Lord Jesus Christ is, says in, in John 5, 24, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he who hears my words and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come. To death, uh, I should say, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I always spoke about that verse. I always, many times, quoted that verse. Okay? But the following verse, it says, Most assuredly, <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Every time I read that verse for the last 47 years, I always thought it was talking about those who are dead in the grave. As I read the verse this morning, even before I read the comment under the verse, I said, it was like the Lord, and I'm not a mystic, but it was like the Lord said, this is talking about the living, not the dead. And when I read the comment in the good seed, sure enough, he confirmed it. When the Lord says, most assuredly I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. It's talking about those who are spiritually dead. Just like it says in Ephesians, we were all dead in trespasses and sins. So people are walking around and they're alive physically, but they're dead spiritually. They, they who hear the voice of the Son of God will come to life. Once you're dead, if you did not believe while you were on, on this earth, it's too late. For it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. 
So the people that are in the grave already are not going to believe to get saved. It's too late. It's talking about those who are spiritually dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and they will what? They will, they will what? And those who hear shall live. What am I trying to say with this? What I'm trying to say is that you're never too old to learn from the Scriptures. So there's no such thing as I have arrived, or I know this, or I am, you know, a thousand percent sure. God will always teach you more truth as you grow spiritually, as you continue studying, as you yearn for the Word of God every day more and more. Not having a very flippant or you know, superficial, frivolous desire for the Word of God, but as you really love it with all your heart. And I'll give you a little, word, a little uh, phrase that I, I learned this week from Warren Wiersbe. You know, Warren Wiersbe was so... Right? He said, readers are leaders. So if you want to lead other people the right way, start reading. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Read books that have to do with the Word of God. I was sharing some of these things with my deacons this morning, our deacons. Most people in churches don't read. And we need to start reading more and more. When you come to church, come with a desire to learn. Amen? Bring a pencil or a pen. I already give you the outline. Don't sit there idly looking at me. I know I'm handsome. You don't have to look at me all the time. I want you to look at the Word of God. Amen? I want you to look into it. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, to guide you, so you can understand what he says. So here we see that the writer of Hebrews is comparing now the order of Melchizedek to the order of Aaron. And we said what I just explained, what the word consider means in Hebrews chapter 7 and in verse 4. Okay? Consider. Bear in mind that the writer of Hebrews is writing to people that already knew the Old Testament. <clears throat> and even though they knew the Old Testament, he says to them, consider, think about it, look at it, okay? Contemplate it with insight and discernment, given the idea of looking at something with interest and for a purpose. We don't read the Bible just to do something, to fill in, you know, some empty time that we have, empty space. No, we read the time, we need to read the Word of God with discernment. And with a purpose. Why are you reading the Bible today? Why are you studying the Bible today? The purpose is to grow spiritually, to know more closely the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are commanded in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the last message 
they, the apostle Peter left written for us. Okay? So, let's obey the word of God. Let's start growing spiritually. And the only way you're going to grow spiritually is by reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and reading books that have to do with the Bible. Buy good books. Don't buy the junk that they sell today in so many Christian stores. I'm sick and tired of psychology and psychiatry, Christian counseling. Listen, you read the word of God, you're not going to need any counseling. That is the best, best counselor you have is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Now, I'm not saying that counselors don't have their place. They do. But don't rely on people. You need to have a deeper relationship with the Lord in your own life. When you do that, you're not going to need anybody else's help. Or if you need, it's going to be very minimal. God is, is able to sustain his children. And that's why he left the word of God for us today. Do you know that people, men, lost their lives for translating the Bible back in the Middle Ages? They lost their lives. They burned them at the stake. So that we could have the Bible today. <clears throat> and what do most people do today? They throw the Bible at the side. Oh, how I love thy word. It is my meditation all day long, says the psalmist. Can you say that? Study the word of God. Study the word of God. The reader or, or the readers needed to recognize certain historical facts and deduce certain theological conclusions from them. The writer of the book of Hebrews will show the superiority of Melchizedek's priesthood to the Aaronic priesthood in four different ways using Genesis 14, 18 through 20. The first way is that Melchizedek received tithes. Look at it says in verses 4 and 5. Now consider how great this man was, talking about Melchizedek, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed those who are of the sons of Levi who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. And I'm stopping right there. It says here that Melchizedek received tithes, <clears throat> showing his superiority and positional dignity because Abraham paid tithes to him from the choicest spoils from the war. So who's greater? The one who's giving the tithe or the one who's receiving the tithe? The one who's receiving. In this case, Melchizedek is receiving. And Abraham is giving. So it tells us that Melchizedek is superior. When we give our offerings in church, who is greater? God or us? God. Who gives? We do. Who receives it? God does. Okay? Now, the fact that he was a patriarch, meaning Abraham, already placed Abraham in a position of superiority. Yet, even as such, he, rec he recognized the superiority of Melchizedek and this way paid him a tenth of the best spoils of the war. He didn't give him the leftovers. He gave him the best. 
We don't give God the leftovers. We must give him the first fruits. We must give him the best. In verse 5, the writer proves the superiority of Melchizedek over the Levitical priesthood in the matter of tithing. Why is he using Abraham and Levi? Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob, or Israel, begot Levi. So, who was Levi? He was the great, great grandson of Abraham. Abraham was his great, or as you say, great-grandfather. And Levi is the tribe. From Levi comes the tribe of the Levites from where Aaron and Moses came. And all the priesthood came from the tribe of Levi. So the writer proves the superiority of Melchizedek, his priesthood, over the Levitical priesthood in the matter of tithing. And it explains that the Levitical priesthood collected tithes from their brethren, which, who were their brethren? Israel. The people of Israel. The Levites collected the tithes from the 12 tribes of Israel. You say, no, 11. No, 12. Because the tribe of Joseph was divided into two tribes. Tribe of Ephraim, Ephraim and tribe of Manasseh. Because the Levites were exempt from giving. I mean, tithes that way. Okay? Now, the thing is this. Uh, the Levitical priesthood collected tithes from their brethren in Israel, but Melchizedek, who had no racial connection with Abraham, the father of Israel, received tithes from the father of the Levitical priesthood. While these collected tithes from their brethren, meaning the Levites, Melchizedek collected tithes from the patriarch, Abraham. So in the area of who collects tithes from whom, it shows that Melchizedek is superior to Aaron and Levi. Did I make myself clear? Everybody understand? Yeah? Okay. So now, let's move on. That's the first way. Which is the second way? The second way, we see that in verse, verses 6 and 7. It says there, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. The second way showing that Melchizedek's priesthood is superior is that of blessing. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Though his genealogy is not derived from them, he had no ethnic connection to Abraham or his descendants, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. The one who blesses is superior to the one being blessed. Do parents bless their children or do children bless their parents? Nobody blesses anybody anymore. <laughs> Tragic. One thing I already appreciate, always appreciated about Dominican people, especially in the Dominican Republic, 
When they come into the house, they say, Sean, mommy, bendición, mommy, bendición, papi. They want the blessing of mom and dad. Bless your children. Because when you bless your children, that's going to happen to them in the future. Don't curse your children. Don't tell them, you, you're nothing. You're a nobody. Because guess what? They're going to grow up and they're going to be a nobody. Bless your children. So we see that our fathers bless the children. They're supposed to. God blesses us. We don't bless God. We say, bless our, our, blessed are thou, o Lord, our God. Okay, but we know that he is blessed already for who he is. But he is the one who blesses us. In this case, Melchizedek blessed Abraham, making him superior to Abraham in this sense. Okay? The one who blesses is superior to the one being blessed. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham, who had the promises. Who had the promises? Abraham. Yet Melchizedek blessed him, okay, though Abraham had the promises of the covenant. And now this is further stated in verse 7. And it is beyond all contradiction. Beyond all contradiction. It says, in other words, there's no argument. It says there, this is a recognized truth. Melchizedek blessed Abraham, and that makes him superior. Second way, the third way, that Melchizedek is superior to Abraham. The third way showing the Melchizedek, Melchizedek's superiority is in verse 8. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Melchiz this is showing Melchizedek's superiority in regards to the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood. Is that it is administered by mortal men. In other words, the Levitical priesthood or the Aaronic priesthood was ministered or administered by mortal men okay when a priest died he could no longer receive tithes could he sooner or later every priest died however this was not true of Melchizedek there is no record of his death in scripture he represents the living not the dying and that's not to say that Melchizedek didn't die but the scriptures do not record his death and they do not record his birth using him as an illustration of the eternal priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As far as the Bible is concerned, he lives, meaning Melchizedek, thus abiding a priest continually, and that's why the order of Melchizedek is said to be eternal. Again, I clarify this. Does not mean, that doesn't mean to say that Melchizedek didn't die at one point, but it's using him as an illustration about the eternality of that kind of priesthood because he has no beginning and no ending and the Lord Jesus Christ is compared to Melchizedek as a priest forever okay so the order of Melchizedek is eternal whereas the order of Aaron was temporal and then we have the fourth way the fourth way showing Melchizedek's superiorities in verses 9 and 10 it says, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. 
So showing Melchizedek's superiority in these verses in respect to uh, Levi, the founder of the tribe bearing his name, is here. He paid tithes to Melchizedek through how? I mean, he, how did he pay tithes to Melchizedek? Through Abraham. Through Abraham. In verse 9, we see that even Levi, who receives tithes from all his brethren, all the nation of Israel, pay tithes through Abraham, so to speak. And that phrase is key. So to speak. He who received tithes paid them. But Levi was not born yet when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. How did he pay them then? The answer is in that phrase I said to you it's key. So to speak. And in the following verse 10. Okay. I'll read it again. Verse 10. He was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This is called the principle of imputation. You're going to become great theologians out of this church. Okay? While it is true that Levi was not alive when Abraham paid the tithes to Melchizedek, he was in Abraham's loins when this happened, and thus he paid the tithes through his great-grandfather Abraham. If their ancestors recognized the superiority of Melchizedek's priesthood, their descendants should do the same. So, so far we see that the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ is according to the order of Melchizedek, which makes it a better priesthood. Everything about Jesus is better. First of all, the writer compared Melchizedek to Jesus, and now the, the writer compared Melchizedek or the order of Melchizedek, to the order of Aaron. I don't want to overwhelm you with too much food, because I know it's a difficult text. Hebrews is not the easiest book. You have to know a lot from the Old Testament in order to understand the book of Hebrews. But we got to break the ice sometime. We cannot continue going out and say, oh, you know, it's so difficult, this book. You know what book? You know what book is the most difficult book for me? The book of Job. Oh, I understand what goes on, but I cannot take all those monologues of his friends trying to <coughs> comfort him and make him worse. And the other book that is difficult for me is the book of Zechariah. But you know what? You know what I'm reading now? now? I'm reading a commentary by <clears throat> Dr. Charles Feinberg on the book of Zechariah. Why? Because I want to understand it. Can I put your hands up and say, I don't understand this? You don't understand something? Look for resources. And if you don't know where to look, ask Alberto. He'll Google it for you. We call him Mr. Google. Okay? Everything we need, Alberto, Google. And he Googles, and we get it. All right? Amen? That's how it works. Don't sit back and say, oh, I don't understand. I had somebody in church this week. She writes to me. She says, I have a question. I said, well, what's the question? She sent me 19 texts asking about some certain prophecy. So I answered her, and I sent her pictures from some of the commentaries. And after I sent her all that, she says, I still have another question. I was like, oh. So I answered that question too. And he says, now what about this? I says, I'll tell you tomorrow. Okay? 
Why? And, I'm, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad because people, it shows that people are interested in the Word of God. They're studying. It's not how big a church is. It's how strong it, it becomes. And how uh, we want to be a strong church? By studying the Word of God and applying it. Amen? Amen. Okay? So before I close in prayer, quickly, what did you learn today? Anybody? Not the, not the kids. The, the, the grown-ups. Yes. Readers are leaders. Yes. We thank you for listening to this message and pray that the Word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbttbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.